Well, welcome everybody. Thank you for joining us once again. We are delighted this week to have Elska with us as our guest speaker. She's been with us before and we've all enjoyed it and uh, she's brought a lot of wisdom and her experience to us and we're looking forward to that again. So Elska, welcome. It's great having you with us. And of course, my partner in crime is below me down there somewhere <laughs> Barry is, uh, is is with us this week which is great so welcome Barry how's yeah, your week going well, it's going great and Alska we're, we're excited that you're with us again thanks so much for taking the time to do this my, my week has gone well I mean I missed you last week when you we had uh, you were away for your special event uh, what was it called again Burns night or something Burns supper Okay, sorry. So we slayed the haggis, and we enjoyed haggis, haggis tatties, and neeps, Barry. Wow. <laughs> Which is, a, for those of you who are not Scottish or haven't got a clue what we're talking about, um, Burns Supper is a Scottish tradition where you eat haggis, potatoes, and uh, swede. And we had a few friends around, and we did that. But because it's Scottish... Um, there's all sorts of traditions that go with it. So there's you pipe. You, you, we didn't have live um, bagpipes, but we had uh, YouTube music of the bagpipes bringing in the haggis. And then you there's a poem. It's all a bit sort of gory and wonderful. But there's a poem you read out, and then you stab the haggis with a knife, and and then you enjoy the, the food. So that's what I was doing last night, last night, last week. And uh, I, I, I'm sure you had a good time without me, Barry. Yeah, well, I mean, you, in my heart, I was with you stabbing haggis. But <laughs> of course, we, we did have a debate. Um, what is the plural of haggis? Haggai? Well, that's what I think. But apparently it could be haggis or haggises, but not haggai. <laughs> <laughs> I think haggai is a book in the Old Testament, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> So, as you can see, we have far too much fun on, on these evenings, and um, Elska has just been indoctrinated or introduced to a Scottish tradition. I saw her face when I was uh, when I was telling what was going on, and she was trying to be very well behaved and not show her. <laughs> but it's a wonderful occasion. Um, it's great fun. So we, that's what, anyway, that's what we're doing. Um, so it is really wonderful having Elska on with us. She'll tell us a little bit about herself when she starts her talk and what she does and her, her Facebook page and Instagram and so on. Um, but it is good having you. Um, I always tell, and this is true, whenever we have her on, the number of views of the video later on, it's normally about one and a half to two times barrier my views so you are a very popular speaker Elska and we're just so grateful for you joining us once again but just before we hand over um, to Elska there's a couple of notices um, next week uh, we have another guest speaker a guy from the UK called Mark Russell who's uh, I've just met him a few months ago well not, I've not actually met him yet I've met him online we had a, a conversation um, and he's he's just really started to minister the father's love in the UK and he's really on the same page as, as us you know I mean he, he talks the same language and he's written the book which I've read and I thought oh 
I could have written that book. <laughs> um, so I'm really looking forward to having Mark with us next week. Um, that'll be a great time. And just want to mention again, um, in a few weeks' time, we've got our Father Heart Encounter uh, coming up at Cloverly Hall in Shropshire, uh, the 4th to the 10th of March. Um, and we'd really like just to invite you to join us. These are incredible weeks where we lay a biblical foundation of God being a father. But more than that, you know, God being a father to us. And then we have plenty of time during the week to really experience him loving us and experience his love for us. And it's a beautiful place. It's a very peaceful place. The rooms are good. The food's good. Um, and it's just a, a wonderful opportunity to um, get away from the busyness of life and let Father speak deeply to your heart. And the testimonies we've heard from these weeks are just incredible. So I uh, really want to invite you. And um, if you're thinking, OK, that's in um, the UK, but I live somewhere else. Last week, I had two people sign up from Australia to come for this week. And we are close to Manchester Airport and Birmingham Airport. Um, so it's, it's not difficult to get to from, from Europe or other places. I kind of feel if people can come from Australia, you know, it's doable. Um, so all of the information on the website, fatherheart.uk forward slash encounter. And we would love to welcome you. So have a look at that if you're interested. Um, and book up. And of course, the other really important thing we need to mention is in May, um, Barry and I are doing two conferences. We're doing a weekend in the Netherlands um, from the 4th to the 7th of May, I think. And then the following weekend, we're doing a weekend together in Gloucester in the UK. And I have spent a lot of time teaching Barry how to pronounce Gloucester. <laughs> Not the American or the Canadian way, but the, the British way. And he's getting there. So <laughs> um, that's in May. All of the details for those two conferences are on the fatherheart.uk website. But apart from the fun of doing two conferences together, I'm actually really looking forward to spending time with Barry and Anne um, face to face oh, instead yeah. of online so um, yeah, you're very welcome to come fun. and join us for those two <laughs> events so great anything else you want to mention Barry before no, we get going I'm good good do you want to pray for us pray for Elska and then I'll, I'll hand yeah. over to you sure father we thank you for <clears throat> Elska and her life and just the the things that you have placed in her on her heart for this live stream even in this very moment, Father, thank you that you are speaking to your daughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, words of life, <clears throat> words of freedom for us. And Father, I pray for every person that is listening, either live or afterwards. Father, may these words just bring freedom, bring encouragement, bring strength, bring hope. And, Father, that we would know that we know that we know that we're loved beyond imagination and you're incredible, the ocean of your affection for us. So, Father, we just open our hearts up to you and we ask that you would speak. And, uh, yeah, we just pray a blessing on Elska before she, she starts. And, yeah, we look forward to mm. what you yeah. want to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Over to you. 
All right. Well, thank you. Hi, everybody. I am Elske. I am from the Netherlands. I am a psychologist, and it's my passion uh, to help people become the person that they were created to be, to be free and to live the life that they were called to be. So that is my passion. Um, I can pronounce now that I announce now that um, I'm starting my own psychology practice. You guys are the first to hear. Um, it's called Path to Wholeness, so it's really exciting. It's coming up in the next coming months. So if you're interested, just let me know through the information on the website, on the Facebook. Um, yeah, so in here I just give a general account of tips of um, psychology uh, combined with faith. And of course, I cannot say specifically for you. So if you really need some help, go, go find a therapist. So this is just some general information. In the other talks, I talked about the, um, the core beliefs that we have, the wounds that we have, uh, the needs and longings and fears. Um, and I explained there some therapy forms that can help with, with all of these. And today I have a message more about how his dignity can heal our hearts. Um, and it was pretty clear, I'll just tell you shortly, it was pretty clear that he wanted me to share this. Um, I just got the insights for the talk and um, a few days later I felt called to take a book out of the shelf, one that I haven't really read. And I, I just opened it up and it was exactly the same message as I just had a few days before. So um, it, that was pretty profound. So I really feel that he wants to tell some of you some core things that really help your heart and help you heal and bring you further and help you to become free and to just yeah live the life that he's calling you to be so um i just want to share something that i heard um i was scrolling on the instagram and sometimes you have some pearls there and there was some a beautiful message about how jesus in the bible was present for when he when he was healing somebody he was there of course he was healing the deaf he was healing the blind and raising up the dead, etc. But when he was with the woman at the well, the woman that had five husbands, she was seeking for true love, true, true love. And Jesus sat with her and he talked to her, telling her, I am the one you're looking for. I am the living water. I am the person, the Messiah that you that you need. Her heart was broken because of the, her past, but he was spending more time with this woman than with the other people who he was physically healing. So he spent more time healing her heart than healing our body. And that just shows how important our hearts are to him. He wants to heal our hearts. He wants us to to be alive and not live uh, bounded, not live burdened. He wants us to be set free and to really become who we're supposed to be. So that was just something beautiful also with the scripture of how protect your heart is the wellspring of life and you matter to him, your heart matters to him and he wants to set you free 
and he wants to touch your heart and to help you. So, and the thing is with, from the past, we have these wounds about, that, that uh, the wounds that um, make us need for approval, for acceptance, uh, for us, uh, the need for to be seen as worthy, of importance. We have these needs. And we, we try to find the healing for these needs in the world around us. Like we, when, we, when we have a good job, when we have uh, a great car, when we have a career, when we have money, when we, we try to fill that void, you know. We try to heal those needs, fill those needs with things from the world. But it's not possible. It's not working. He is the only one. He's the living water. He's the only one who can fill our hearts and our knees and help us help us heal and help us you know he was there with you when it happened in the past he was there when you were a child when you were wounded he was there so he knows exactly what you need so just come to him you know like bring bring him into this this situation bring him in into this process because he wants to restore your heart to better than before better than before he keeps running after us just like in Hosea and with the prostitute we we keep looking for other lovers but he keeps running after us and when um, it's also I don't know if you've ever heard of this expression but it's expression is an experiment where you have crickets in a cup and um, they jump really high out of the cup, but then you put a lid on it for a while, and they can't jump that high anymore, so they jump up to the lid. If you keep that up for a while, they stay there. When you take it off and there's freedom, they stay there. But Jesus wants you to be free. He wants you to jump high. We have, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not. I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm, I'm not good enough. But he's saying, you are my beloved dream you are treasured you are my precious dream so he he has such a heart to heal your heart and to to um fill your thirsting heart with his living water and it's not just that he um it's not just that he wants to heal your heart he he wants you to know your worth he wants you to stand in the dignity that God gives you. Um, when God was in heaven, um, you maybe have heard this, but I want you to really soak it in. When God was in heaven, he realized the world needed someone with this character, these talents, this heart. He wanted you, and bloop, there you were. And we... We sometimes just let it pass by, like, yeah, I've heard that before. But let it sink in, like God was thinking of you, and he created you in this age, in this time. Like, the world needs your heart. The world needs your character. You're not just any person. You're not just anybody. You're not just whatever wounds you have from the past. You're not just a somebody. You're so precious to him. St. Augustine, he said, if you were even the only person in the world, Jesus would still die for you. You are so precious to him.
so in that book that I just told, told you that where I flipped open and it was exact message. There are two stories in there that I want to share. So there was, um, it was a story, a, a real, um, uh, how do you say that? A story that really happened. A story of, I have to see Gwenlian. I don't even know how to pronounce her name and neither did the people around her. She was the daughter of a king. The daughter of a king, but her father, the king, was killed when she was just a baby. Her father was killed when she was just a baby. When she was a baby, she was living, and her whole life, she was living in foreign, in the land of the enemies. So the enemy kept um, her her royalty hidden from her. She didn't know that she was royal. She didn't know she, that she was the only heir. She didn't know that her father was king. She didn't know. And she lived a life small, not noticeable, small. And she died very young. And we we cannot stop but help but think that this is exactly with us. Imagine being the daughter of a true king and not knowing who you are. Being held in low regard. That's us. When we don't know who our father is, the true king, we don't stand in our dignity. We don't stand in our strength. We don't stand in our worth. We are held in low regard. Imagine being destined to reign, yet not not even hearing your true identity. It's the same with us. We are destined to reign. We are destined to reign in him. But we, if we don't even know him, how can we stand in that strength? How can we stand in the, in the dignity? If she had known who her father was, how different would she be? How different would the world around her be? So it's the same for us. Remember who you are. Soak up all the riches and the joy and the intimacy of the father that he wants to bestow on you. He has for you. You are the daughter and the son of a king. You have worth, immeasurable worth. You are the father's delight. And it's, it's, sometimes we forget how royal he is. Like we, I, I like the British royals. So if I would see them in real life, it would be really nice. But I forget that God is bigger than that way bigger than that or when we think of the president or a big famous people like we forget that god is way way bigger than than they are way more royal and this god that is so royal who is the king of all kings the lord of all he sees you he sees you and he knows you. He knows your heart. The highest royalty. He sees you right now. He is thinking of you right now. He's thinking of you right now. If he wouldn't think of you right now, you would cease to exist. You are on his mind every millisecond. Every millisecond. Sometimes I do like this. Like, I don't know if I remember it before. did before, but... I'm just pulling out a hair and he just saw that. He just saw that. He counts the numbers of hair on your head. 
He sees you right now and he knows you. And when you dwell on that truth, when you dwell on Bible scriptures that speak this to you, like, you are precious and honored in my sight. I think it was Isaiah 43. You are worthy. When we dwell on, on the Bible scriptures, when we imagine being in his embrace, when we go into prayer and imagine to sit on his lap, or like we do with the Father Art Ministries, where you have the embrace of the Father, it's so powerful. And we are elevated to the level of dignity that we truly are. And later, later on I will explain how that looks like practically. And there's a scripture, uh, Colossians 2 verse 10. You have been filled in him, he who is the head of all rule and authority. You have been filled in him. He who is the head of all rule and authority. You are in him. And he is in you. You are totally filled. So let go. Let go of all the lies. And all the, 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 the things that keep you bounded. Let go and stand in your strength. Stand in your dignity. But this is hard. Like We, we live in a broken world. This is hard. So if you need help with that therapies there or spiritual guidance like you can have help with this because it's so important you only have one life and he's calling you he made you for a purpose first of all to rest that is hard that is the most important one but he wants you to shine as well he wants you to be fully alive and to really live the life that god wants for you and then there was another story of how in the British royalty, you you remember Kate, um, Princess Kate, I think you say it. I'm more a fan of Meghan Markle. Don't hate me. Um, so her name was Kate. Then it was changed to Catherine because that was more dignified, more appropriate to royalty. The Duchess of Cambridge, the Princess of Wales. The name changed according to her dignity. If you cannot fulfill your destiny, if you do not know who you are, and you are the beloved, that is your name. That is your name. You cannot fulfill your destiny if you do not know who you are, the beloved. But we get hurt. We get hurt in Israel, like I just said. And same thing happens to me as well. Um, heavy stuff has happened to me as well. But Jesus really helped me to stay in my dignity and to stand strong in... I'm still learning, of course. It's a process for life. But to stand in my dignity and not let the enemy take anything away from that. And even last week, I was somewhere... And uh, people treated me not so nicely, to say it nice. And I came home and I just needed some time with Dad. And I, I sat down and prayed. And right away what I heard was, I respect you. And you are honored in my sight. 
I respect you and you are honored in my sight. And that is part of the verse, because the whole verse is you are precious and honored in my sight. But he knew at that time that I needed to hear that I was respected. That I was respected. And I didn't realize that that was the situation, that I wasn't respected. I didn't realize that. I realized that afterwards. And he he showed me, like, I respect you. Even though people around you don't respect you or treat you badly. I adore you. I love you. You are so dignified. You are so worthy. I respect you. So what does it look like? It's not good to be surrounded with people who bring you down all the time. Who are not helping you stand in your strength. Who are taking you down. When just like with a plant, when you have bad soil, it influences the plant. So take a look around you and who is speaking into your life. And not in an arrogant way, like, oh, I don't need you, you know. It's not that I don't want to promote arrogance. Um, he wants us to be humble. But he also wants us to be careful. In the Bible it says, I sent you out as lambs among the wolves. Dust off your shoes if you're not welcome. Like, he doesn't want us to stay in unhealthy situations. So take a look around. Who is speaking into your life? Who, who, is, who is saying those things to you um, of, uh, that you are not good enough, that you are not smart enough, that you are not worthy? Or um, putting it down. Who is doing that to you? Figure that out and set some boundaries, like stand up for yourself. And that can be hard. That can be hard, but step by step you will learn it. It's so necessary to protect ourselves. Protect your heart. It's the wellspring of life. And when you also analyze who told you that, who told you that you are not worthy, who told you that you are not good enough, that you are not smart enough, that you are not blah, blah, blah. Who told you that? When you analyze it, it becomes clear. When it's all a mess, it's hard to figure out what is going on and to break free from it. But if we analyze it, it becomes clear and then we can take hold on it and throw it away. You can dismantle it when you analyze who is saying that? Where did that come from? So in therapy, there are several exercises and uh, therapy forms that can help you with, with becoming uh, who you are and standing in the dignity that you have. Um, I already spoke a little bit in the other talks about this, but you have, uh, for instance, you have schema therapy where you look at all the protectors that you have in your heart who were there to protect you but are not helpful anymore, like um, somebody who is really harsh or just adjusting to everybody or just to name a few. Then you have cognitive behavioral therapy um, where you look at the thoughts that are not working for you that are not helpful core beliefs that you have. You have emotionally focused therapy where you 
look at your attachment needs and your relationships and your heart and your emotions. You have EMDR for trauma and there are several protocols for different, different, all kinds of things for all different struggles. So make use of it because he wants to restore your heart. He wants to make you new. He wants to make you whole. But it's a process. So step by step. Step by step. Give yourself grace. Don't beat yourself up. And maybe you think like, well, it's too late for me. Like, um, I'm, I'm too wounded. I'm too broken. No. He can do all things. He wants to do a new thing. And trauma can defeat you. I know that. Trauma can defeat you. That you think that you are powerless. That you cannot change the situation. But you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And every single night when you go to bed, your brain makes new patterns, new neurons. Thousands of new neurons are made in your brain. New patterns. And you can stimulate that even. So the thing is, we, we have a pattern in our lives that we do. Like, uh, it's difficult to figure something out. But you have a pattern of adjusting to people and not standing up for yourself. A pattern. And this is engraved. Like, this is a road deep graved in the, into the ground. When you try to do a new thing, it's hard. You fall back into the old one. When you keep trying, you're making new patterns. When you make new patterns in your behavior, your brain starts to change as well. Your patterns, your neurons in your brain change. And the more you do this, the more it becomes your new behavior. So you have to practice it because you will fall back. But then step right up. Give yourself grace. Progress, not perfection. Step by step, and you will get the new pattern. And every single night, your brain makes new patterns, and you can become new again, slowly and steady, slowly. He's doing a new thing. I do that too. So every year in December, I fill out a form. This is from Lead Stories. It's called Hello Goodbye. And you look back at the past year, the last 2022. And you evaluate in prayer how it went. And then you go into prayer about what do you have for me in 2023, in the new year. And it's like a prophecy. Prophesy. Prophecy. Um, and every single year it happens. It's, it happens. It happens. Every single year he is doing something new. When we think, when we are so clouded and um, far fog in a brain but he is doing a new thing and if you maybe you need to write it down of when you did do it when you did do a new pattern write it down so you can prove to your brain that you are doing it and it changes your mentality write down the insights that he shows you that you are worthy write down scripture hang it on your mirror on your laptop put different things in your brain than, than the automatic um, thoughts or the wounds keep telling you. He can make you new again.
So I hope this oh it's or it's shorter message this year, this time. But um this is the message that I wanted to share with you, like that this his dignity, he can transform his self worth. You if you dwell in his word, if you heal hold yourself in his arms, that changes how how you let people treat you. That changes how you look at yourself. That changes how how your self-worth is. Do not let people drag you down anymore. You're more worth than that. You're more worthy than that. In work or in family, stand up for yourself. Stand in the dignity and not in arrogance, in humbleness, but stand in your strength. Because Jesus lifts up the lowly and he breaks down the prideful. But in the middle, that's where you that's who you are, and that's where he wants to stand, you to stand. So stand in that dignity, not too low, not too high, exactly as you are. So loved, so treasured, so precious, so worthy. Know your identity, know your name the beloved, and go throughout the day living from that identity. Go throughout the day and radiate that that um, dignity that you have, that you have, and you can show and share others to experience the same dignity because that's who you are, standing your strength, standing your dignity. Thank you. So I have a Bible scripture that I want to do an exercise with, with you. And it's called Lexio Divina, the exercise. And that is where I read the scripture two or three times. And I want you to really um, have your ears open and to see what is standing out to you. What line or what word or what verse is standing out to you. Because God is speaking to you there in a soft, small voice. So whatever stands out to you, hold that, hold that thought. So if Mark can put up some music, thank you. Let's just take a deep breath. And let's just read together. Jesus, we ask you to speak to us. We ask you to open our eyes for what you want to see, what you want to show us. Speak to our hearts, Lord. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the broken heart, proclaim freedom for the captive, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called 
oaks of righteousness, a cleansing of the Lord, or the display of His splendor. Taking a moment here so you can remember what you, what maybe has stood out to you, but we will read it again. Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness cleansing of the Lord for the display of his splendor. I'll just give you a moment to dwell on that. What is God saying to you? And if you didn't get anything, I just invite you to read it again another time in silence so you can really hear him what was he speaking to you maybe write it down so you won't forget Lord we thank you thank you for what you did here Thank you for being here with us. Thank you see us. Help us to stand in our strength. Help us to stand in our dignity. How you see us, not how the world sees us. Help us to be free. Help us to be new. Help us to be really ourselves. Thank you for helping us, Jesus. Wow, 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 wow. Thank you so much. Um, thank you. That was incredible. I, um, I've got a question, Elska. And I know we talked about questions before we came online, but this is completely different because something you said really struck me. And I think it struck Barry because we were texting each other <laughs> at the time. That picture of the crickets in the jar, incredible, yeah. you know, and it just struck me that um, that lid limits us yeah. and we stay limited. We remain limited. And even when that lid is removed, even when the restriction is taken away, we live a limited, restricted life. Mm -hmm. 
And it, there are two things that struck me. One was we've enjoyed a measure of freedom before, before the lid was put on. And the second, maybe, is we've never experienced that because there's always been a lid on. And I, I guess the, the question is, you know, how do we begin to explore our freedom? You know, how can we live a life without limits? Yeah. I think it's when you go slowly, step by step, realizing I when you... Um, really dwell on I am worthy, I am loved, I can speak out, Mm -hmm. I can go out of my comfort zone, I can uh, reach out to people without my fear of being rejected. You know, Mm -hmm. when when you look at what binds you, what your wounds are, and you you go beyond it. When you take a step out of your comfort zone, then you figure out, hey, it's okay. Some people like it even, you know, and you, when you do this sometimes, it can become um, your new normal. Mm-hmm. And then you go a little bit further. And it's a process, you know, like, like I said, a grace, not perfection. You fall, you fall back in your pattern. But when um, there's a saying here in uh, psychology where you have. We'll have to translate this. Um, <laughs> uh, you have four, four, four faces. Not faces, but four faces. Um, knowing that you are un- unable. Yeah. N- not knowing that you are unable. This is mm. phase one. Knowing that you are unable. Knowing that you are able not knowing that you are able. So first you go from not realizing that you are not able, you're not even aware of it, then you become aware of it, you become aware of that you are unable, that's when you realize things, when you analyze things, then you become uh, aware that you are able, when you step out of your comfort zone, when you take a leap of faith, you, you can do it, slowly but steady and then it becomes automatic so mm-hmm. you have to make those new patterns you have to step out yeah. and um, figure out realize that you are able to yeah. step out yeah i like that little phrase you said um progress not perfection because yeah. <laughs> i think very often we strive I mean, strive. We strive for perfection. But actually, um, progress is it's just being on the journey. It's, yeah, it's taking step by step. Um, and to me, that takes the stress out of it, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even Brene Brown, I don't know if you know her. Yeah. Um, she says about perfectionism that that is like a mask to protect ourselves from critics. Yeah. But it's it's not helping us. It's not who. It's not helping us. It's keeping us bounded. Actually, yeah. it's when you learn that you can make mistakes. That you, it's okay. You are not less worthy when you make a mistake. That's become. Then you can let go of the perfectionism and just be free and be yourself. Yeah, yeah. So if we, you, you talked about other people 
bringing us down, other people limiting us, other people devaluing us, not seeing the worth in us. But yeah. we can do that to ourselves, can't we? Yeah. Yeah. We can have a harsh critic in ourselves. And we can be we can be our harshest critic, do you think? <laughs> how do we deal with that, Alska? Yeah. So there are several ways how you can deal with that. First of all, it's good to have self-compassion. Like, we have a lot of compassion for other people. But to have compassion with yourself, that takes away the sharp edges already. Mm-hmm. So there are several journals on the Internet that can help you with that. Also, I think I shared a little bit about this during the talk, but looking at who said that to you. Because your inner critic is also comes from the critics that you had in your life. So maybe you had parents who were harsh, maybe you were bullied, but you heard those uh, words and you took it as your own. So it's also good to, where do they even come from? Like, where did I hear that? And to, you can literally um, put them in a chair, imaginary, imagining it, put them in a chair and confront it. You are not allowed to speak to me that way. I want you to stop. Put the chair and that person outside of the door, even if you have to. Put it away. Like, show them who is in charge of you, and that is you yourself. Mm-hmm. Not that inner critic. So, mm-hmm. placing it out of your brain and putting it in a chair so you don't identify with it, and then yeah. confront it. Something else that you can do is um, when you give it a name. And when you hear that thought, it's just, oh, that's just Bob who's just working with me, saying those things to me. That's just Bob, just ignoring. Or that's just a CD that is playing in my mind. It's not me. It's Mm -hmm. not, don't believe everything that you think. Your thoughts are not always the truth. It's just (laughs) a CD playing that you are not worthy enough or you're not good enough. Um... Let me think. Also, a good one is uh, how would um, the ideal version of you react on this? Or how would God react to this? Or how would a healthy adult react to this? So not you, but the ideal version of you. How would he or she react to this voice? And then slowly react in that way. And then you also teach your brain that you are able to react and become that ideal version of yourself. So there are some tips, but if it's really hard for you, like really seek some help to figure this out. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, one of the things we recognize very clearly on our Father Heart Encounters is the, the struggles of our past. Yeah. And how particularly something like carrying unforgiveness or bitterness in our heart, resentment, how that can be a real limiting, limiting factor for us. It can be, um, it can paralyze us. And one of the things we talk about on our our Father Heart Encounters is the, the importance of being able to forgive from the heart and to really walk away to let go, basically, of those things, really, and really to help people come to terms with with that, 
Um, it's a huge topic. I appreciate that. But I would just really, maybe just over a minute or two before we finish, value um, your perspective on the power of forgiveness and dealing with resentment. Like um, resentment is difficult when you, when the people that are, is involved is not there anymore, when they are mm. deceased. Like, how do you deal with that? How mm. do you find forgiveness there? How do you give yeah. forgiveness? First of all, I do want to say that to be able to forgive, you have to be aware of what that person did to you. Um, you cannot just say, oh, just forget about it, just let it go, I forgive you, you know? Like, maybe you have to write all the things down that that person did to you, so you really have an account of the hurt that you suffered. And then the next step is, so when the person is still here, when uh, the person is still alive, maybe if it's safe, you can try to talk with them but only if it's safe and keep it really close to yourself not blaming like you did this and this but um, I feel hurt this is what it did to me Um, really keep it close to yourself but only if it's safe and if it's not safe or if the person is deceased or anything just like the chair with with the imaginative really place them in the chair and talk to them spill out your feelings what is uh, whatever's going on in your heart say it out loud write it all down bury it or burn it you know like get it out of your system get it out of you and as if you're really as if you're really uh, telling that person the situation and then try to let go or maybe what also can help is if, if every day you take 30 minutes to get it all out and to um, to listen to music or just to get it all out 30 minutes and then after 30 minutes okay back to my normal life this can be hard because we can stay stuck in it but mm-hmm. if we give our space ourselves space every single day for 30 minutes that can that can give us some room yeah mm, brilliant thank you it is difficult it is. It's a, it's a huge thing, but there is freedom. I think the overriding thing you've given us, Elska, is, is hope. Um, that, you know, the Father sees us in a way that is beyond our wildest imagination. You know, he sees who we are. He knows who we are. And he wants to transfer that knowing into our hearts so that we know who we are. And you just put it so beautifully for us. So, so thank you. Thank you for being with us. We've really, really appreciated it. And uh, you guys can follow Elska on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, see what she's up to. Pray for her in this new venture of starting her own business. Huge, uh, huge step. And we cheer you on and, yeah. and say go for it. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for being with us. We've really, I think we've had a, a feast today and we look forward to the next time (laughs) and thank you everybody for joining us once again and those who are watching the video later thank you Uh, we appreciate your company even though it's virtual rather than face to face (laughs) so we'll see you next week and uh, look forward to having Mark Russell with us then so have a good week everybody and um, once again Elska 
Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Elska. And thanks, everybody. See you next week.